So the two strands and I beg and sit together at the table Finding faith and common ground the best that they were able Just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said Sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses Welcome to Faith and Common Ground. I'm your host, Pastor Jesse Kearns. And I'm your host, Priestess Witch Amber St. Clair. Here we provide listeners with interfaith inspirations and solutions to navigate the present and our future. We'll do this by seeking out those in our community and throughout the world who are able to provide innovative and inspiring voices to address topics concerning our greatest environmental, social, and spiritual challenges. This is our Radical Hospitality Table, where we host a diversity of views that often reflect our pagan and Christian traditions, as well as the interfaith and non-faith communities. We're committed to strengthening bonds among faith groups and service to the community. We're always looking for opportunities to build relationships across lines of difference and ways to promote cooperation and community efforts that reflect the shared values of our diverse traditions. We aspire to inspire healthy living through the nurture of mind, body, and spirit, and deepening our connection to each other and our ever-changing planet. Welcome Welcome to to our our table. table. So the big question that we have on the table today, uh, at least a question that has been brought to my attention (laughs) since we've broadcasted this podcast, is... Jesse, how in the world does a Christian and a pagan get together and do a podcast together? And so Amber and I were thinking, well, why don't we interview each other and talk about our stories and what led us to this place? So good morning, Amber. Good morning, Jesse. So here's a question for you. Uh, tell me a little bit about your faith journey. How did you How did you come to be what you are now, uh, to, to practice what you practice uh, and and become the person that you are spiritually? That's a good question. I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I was lucky enough to be raised with religious freedom. My mom's a hippie from way back. So she was like, do whatever you want to do, believe whatever you want to believe, and I'll love you at the end of the day. And so I uh, was free to experiment. I went to many different churches as a child with all my friends and was always looking and then went through that, you know, teenage agnostic period where I was like, I don't know, you guys. It's definitely not a guy in the clouds. I'm not buying that one. So when you said you went to churches, what kind of churches did you go to? You name it. Wow. Yeah. I I lived a lot of different places, uh, 23 different elementary and junior high schools. So I've seen a variety of socioeconomic, political, racial, you name it, every different kind of environment I've been... uh, been there what drew you to the churches that you went to oh they were my friends and my friends were like hey i'm going to church on sunday you want to come so i was sure let's check it out and it was it was cool and there was nothing that ever really called me specifically to church i always felt nature definitely was a a more wondrous place where i felt my heart expanding so then um i went through that agnostic period and i went to college and suddenly in astronomy class I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. there's a divine intelligence here. And then I began this search to find that thread of divine intelligence throughout life. And all my college courses from that point on, I could see that thread. Uh, Then I started studying real world religions and uh, especially fell in love with Eastern religions. But again, my main thing was 
from my perspective, realizing that what I had perceived and received as God's communication through people, different churches, beliefs, histories, um, was just that it's people's interpretation, but that I could go beyond those social constructs and find that thread of truth that winds through them all. And eventually it led me to loving all of religions and seeing them as like different foreign languages that people speak, but they're all saying chair. They're just Mm. saying chair in a different way. Yeah. And uh, that thread of truth. And then finally I came to the uh, self proclaimed title of pagan priestess, witch, because there's really nothing else that would cover me. (laughs) Can't fit you into a box. Can't fit me into a box. No. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Jesse? Ah, oh, what about me? What What do you want to know about me? How did you become Pastor Jesse? Oh, how did I become Pastor Jesse? Oh my gosh. Well, like you, I was raised in a home that I had religious freedom. Uh, my parents are not particularly religious people. My dad uh, was raised Catholic. Uh, my mom was a, a nature freak, a daughter of a game warden from Maine, and so was very versed in uh, being... Uh, being conversant with the environment. And uh, so the way I was raised is I was raised to um, to explore my own faith however I wanted to. And like you, I had friends who went to church and they would invite me. I went to a Lutheran kindergarten because it was the only kindergarten in town in the little town that I that I was raised in. And so we went there, and uh, the pastor would come in on one day a week, and we would go in there for story time, and he'd tell a story out of the Bible. And I was like, I love the stories from the Bible. Because, you know, it was like I was into comic books. That's probably the first thing that I ever learned how to read was comic books, and so I love stories about heroes and the hero's journey and all that. So to, to learn about stories in the Bible that there were heroes back then, who, who did great and amazing things. It really attracted me. Uh, so then these same friends that I went to kindergarten with would say, well, we have a church and every Sunday we hear these stories too. And I'm like, cool, I want to go where the stories are. This is awesome. So I went to Sunday school and I learned that uh, they make really good Rice Krispie treats there and oh. cookies. <laughs> and so that's how, that's how you win me is through <laughs> treats. And so I would go there and I would memorize Bible verses and such. And, and that would be the way that went. Uh, the problem is, is I was an inquisitive kid. I was never raised in church. I didn't understand the culture of church. Mm. And so I had a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, some of the early church experiences that I had, the churches didn't encourage questions. Mm-hmm. In fact, if anything, they discouraged questions. So this little kid that would raise his hand and ask questions about um, the, the plausibility of things that would happen in the Bible, that that didn't go over so well. And then that was that was just Sunday school. I'd never been to church, church. And then when I went to church, boy, did I get an education. <laughs> I learned that that the, some churches are obsessed with hell mm-hmm. and you know damnation and all that. And I and I had a hard time with that. So I I gave up. I mm-hmm. just said no, this is not for me. Plus, it seemed like the stories were getting repetitive. The same stories were starting to come up. Mm-hmm. So I, for the longest time, uh, didn't go to church until I was in high school and then uh there was an outfit in high school that that my friends belonged to called uh, campus life which was part of youth for christ which is 
typically a, a very conservative uh, mm-hmm. movement. And uh, the the thing that I liked about it is I, I had this, since I was born, since I could remember, I knew a couple of things to be true. And one is that there is something greater than me in this universe. There yeah. is a power that is higher than I, whether you want to call it God, whatever it is. I yeah. knew that there was, like like you said, an intelligent a divine intelligence yeah, a divine intelligence mm-hmm. i know that there is a divine intelligence mm-hmm. and so what i learned here was that there is a there is a personal aspect to that that mm-hmm. that this divine intelligence wants to be in relationship with me and mm-hmm. i just thought that was the most amazing thing and then we started talking a lot about jesus cuz for some reason jesus doesn't appeal to little kids or something cuz there wasn't a whole lot of stories about jesus it was samson noah all of those things but mm-hmm. Uh, then I started learning about Jesus and, and the work that Jesus did and the mm. life that Jesus lived and the people that he helped and healed and all of that, and that appealed to me. So uh, I thought Campus Life was the greatest thing, but my but my uh, Campus Life leader said, you need to find a church. And mm. I was like, really, what church did I go to? And he says, that's your, that's your journey. Mm. And so I tried a bunch of different churches, and I was still the kid that raised his hand and said, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. I was told to sit down, shut up, have more faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it wasn't until I went to college that uh, I, I went to a college called Northwest Christian College in Eugene, Oregon. I had every intention to be a comic book artist, uh, and so I wanted to go to Joe Kubert Art School in New Jersey, but uh, my campus life leader said, "Well, why don't you get your bonehead classes out of the way here at uh, Northwest Christian College, and and take a couple of classes on Bible, faith, religion, philosophy, and uh, once you get that done, you can transfer and go to Joe Kubert or wherever you want to go." And so I did, and I loved it because mm. this was a college where my uh, my questions were encouraged uh, it's it's a college it's a part of my denomination right now the christian church disciples of christ and very much we encourage people uh to explore their faith and explore the bible and ask questions we we don't park our brains at the door yeah and i love that so uh i i started doing that as i was uh having a, a hard time finding a church and my campus life leader says you know you've got gifts and graces for ministry I said, I no, I don't. I <laughs> I have problems with church. I have serious problems with the church. And he said, that's why you'd make a good minister. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, seminary, uh, all of a sudden I find myself as a pastor of a church. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so tell me, how does your knowledge of the divine, how does your faith practice translate into how you operate in life? Yeah, so I... Uh, you know, there's a few basics, which is nature. We all share this nature. And throughout all the religions, they hold the same key principles, which is basically like, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. It's pretty standard. Um, so I early on, right after this kind of epiphany in college, began uh, involving myself in moon goddess circles, women's circles. I'm very strongly... Um, driven to protect the creation that we live in and to be in that co-creation and that relationship with uh, our environment, the gift that we have of being alive each day. Um, And the peacemakers have become a huge motivation for me and inspiration, so much so that I followed peacemaking, right livelihood, uh, you know, all these uh, aspects of living in peace and being peaceful and being an example for peace. 
as my service to the world um, because you should live by example, not by judgmental, you know, we're not, I don't want to tell everybody how they're going to hell. Yeah. I want to show them what heaven on earth looks like. And so my job is to create that for myself and each other as much as possible. So I went into healing ministry, um, studied, constantly studying, constantly will always be studying uh, permaculture design. I help with sex trafficking victims. I do environmental work. I work one-on-one -on -one with people in times of great transformation and need who who don't have a church, who have too many questions. Mm -hmm. um, and by studying all the world's religions, all the cultures, and having the diverse background that I have and being of the non-judgmental nature that I am, I can usually, re I have yet to be able to relate to someone on their level mm -hmm. so that I can reach them in those times and offer them support and guidance and, and give them their power back because often we're just disconnected. Yeah. So I'm curious, Jesse, you have all these questions and I'm sure you still have questions. Oh, many, many questions. <laughs> but these questions have led you to action in your life and mm -hmm. you took on the mantle of pastor yeah. and now you're taking on the mantle of pagan co-host co with a pagan here. <laughs> yeah. So like what, what motivates you to do these things? Uh, what motivates me? You know, that that's an interesting question because that evolves mm -hmm. over time. I think it, in the beginning of my ministry, I was motivated by uh, helping people come to faith in a very specific way because I hang my hat on the Jesus hat rack. And so my goal then was to bring people to a relationship with God through Jesus mm -hmm. because that's, you know, that's where I hang my hat. Mm -hmm. And that is still very much a part of my ministry. Mm -hmm. But as I grew in my own faith and as I learned from people of other faith traditions, I realized, like you had mentioned earlier, that there's so much in common that everybody has. There, everybody has a golden rule. Everybody mm -hmm. has a Ten Commandments. Everybody has the, these very common uh, things. And I, I had a professor in seminary who talked about the importance of seeing the the divine truth in any religious and not even necessarily religious but any way there is learn to pick out the divine truth in mm -hmm. things and uh, i think that's when i started becoming interested in interfaith work and i know that i've been involved in interfaith councils at least since uh, I was my first pastor, it was in Parisburg, Virginia, and I was on an interfaith council there. But this was a, a little town of 3,000 people in the Appalachians, and basically what that meant was a bunch of uh, old Christian white guys and a token Catholic person and uh, definitely no Jews or Muslims. It was Muslims an inter-Christian faith. Right, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it was. It was an ecumenical faith, not an interfaith. Mm -hmm. And so uh, then when I moved to Lynchburg, Virginia, I was doing judicatory ministry. In other words, I wasn't working in any one specific congregation. I was working for uh, a region that dealt with 170 churches. Uh, but I would still be involved in an interfaith council there in Lynchburg, Virginia with my home church, which was First Christian Church in Lynchburg. And there it was a little bit more diverse. Mm. And again, we, we just learned a lot of, uh, we learned that the things that we could find common ground, we could put our resources and our time and our energy into projects that we could all agree were, were worthwhile. Mm -hmm. 
But then when I moved to Chico, I was blown away because Chico is smaller than Lynchburg. Mm. Uh, but, but we're in a, in a different region of the country where I think there's a lot more tolerance for religious uh, diversity. Mm-hmm. And so I came to the first Chico Area Interfaith Council meeting and we had Buddhists there mm-hmm. and we had pagans mm-hmm. and we had Hindus and every imaginable combination of Christians and in fact, we at the time had two different representatives from two sects of Islam there, mm-hmm. and I thought this is this is where it's at. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting involved in that, and again realizing that when we put our time and our uh, energy and our resources together, we can do amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the interfaith uh, work. It's a beautiful place where we focus on our unity and the places where we match up so that we can do what you know each each tradition basically gives an imperative to its people to go do good works you know to to show up in a god-loving way and in a life-loving way and affirming way and i feel like it's prime time that we as a people focus in that direction more so so that we can have a nice planet to enjoy each other on (laughs) yeah yeah so I guess I guess the question that's out here is uh, how in the world did we get together to do this podcast? So I think before before we ask that question, I got to ask you, what were some of the the things, the issues that you may have had with uh, Christians or or misconceptions that you had about Christians that that I changed yeah. for you? Yeah, no, you were you're a big help, um, and so was Katie Valentine. Uh. Um, and there had been other real Christians that I had met that I was like, Ooh, you're a real good Christian and I value and appreciate you. But I had not experienced that in a congregational level. I had yet to meet like a pastor or anything like that, that, uh, had done that. Um, it's interesting because in a way Jesus actually brought me to my highest spirituality because Mm -hmm. Christianity was the last religion that I embraced into my heart. <laughs> yeah. I was told, you know, that I was highly native and the stories of the Christian missionaries and blah, 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 and gave us the Bible, took our land, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It was all icky. Um, and finally I realized that I still had hate in my heart. And so I did that work and I got clear of that. And, and Jesus, I found my own personal Jesus, which I love very much. And, um, And then I met you through Katie, Mm -hmm. and I was really surprised because I had expected judgment. Um, People are afraid of me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't understand me. They don't take the time to understand me. I don't know if I'm understandable, so it's good that you have a lot of questions because I am also always evolving. Um, But you really showed me what a good Christian is, and you showed me that there are good Christian churches doing good christian work Mm -hmm. um and that was really really helpful and you fast become my best bud and we love nature and we realize what a gift it is and that's something we get to share and i'm really grateful that you're in my life and that we're here hopefully giving some people some peace and inspiration to know that no matter who you are and what you believe there's good pagans just like there's bad pagans and there's good christians there's good christians (laughs) yeah I, I think for me, uh, one of the things that I, I was told and was that pagans, they're all you know, witches and everything is about, about the dark side of things and you know, casting spells and all that. And, and that's 
pretty much ingrained in your head when you when you go to some churches and mm-hmm. and when I think back to my earliest Christian experiences that that the pagans was a was a, a bad thing that was mm-hmm. just a word I mean we used to have this joke that you'd call somebody a pagan sinner dog you know <laughs> and you know so, somehow that pagan thing was was not good uh, but then it's interesting again in seminary thank God I had good professors in seminary one of the things that they taught is uh, we're just getting out of the Christmas season and uh, they were talking about how in Matthew's gospel, there's only two gospels of the four that mention Jesus's birth. And in one, it was pagan mystic astrologers who were the only ones that had the resources to be able to find Jesus. They were the ones who followed the stars. And it wasn't the Jewish priests. It wasn't the people who you thought would do it. It was, the, it was these people, foreign pagan astrologer mystics mm-hmm. and and so that was something our professor said they said that that god uses everybody in 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 different it's ways all in order. yeah it's all god and so that was that was where i got and so when i met you you know it, it, i i saw in you a reflection of jesus and i thought how in the world am i seeing jesus in in this self-proclaimed pagan person here you know <laughs> and yet i have uh, working with you and and we work together just just to let our audience know we work together uh, with each other doing spiritual work uh, spiritual direction work and uh, i have learned to love jesus in wonderful deep ways uh because of what you have shared with me and and just the example that you have uh in my life Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Amber. And I've learned to love Jesus and Jesus' followers a lot more through you as well. Yep. So, folks, that's it. That is how uh, Faith and Common Ground came to be. The Interfaith Council uh, a couple of years ago was thinking about doing a uh, podcast, and we we had toyed around with it. We weren't quite sure what we were going to do with it or what what the means were, and we we started and stopped and and then all of a sudden uh amber and i just said we're going to do this and we're going to do it right and we just started doing it and uh, that's how you get us and that's how uh how we manifest our ministry together right now one of many ways that we manifest our ministry together right now is bringing you this podcast and we are very thankful for you uh listeners who tune in and listen to faith and common ground And we look forward to having you on our show and highlighting the ways that you are also practicing faith in common ground. Amen. Amen.